Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. At a party last week, I met a man who told me he had just lost his job. I commiserated, but he said it was okay. He was well out of it. He explained that his boss was a fool who could not cope with having an underling who was far brighter and more charismatic than him. The man looked perfectly cheerful and reassured me that his payoff had been large and that the move was his employer's loss. I extricated myself and went to talk to a journalist friend who had also recently lost his job. I asked how the job search was going and he said he'd had masses of interviews but no offers. He told me he was getting tired of having to tell everyone that he was brilliant and dead keen, when in fact he was a fairly ordinary journalist who was ordinarily lazy. This time I commiserated more enthusiastically. By the law of averages, most of us are, on average, deeply average. But in order to get any job at all, we have to pretend otherwise. It's an exhausting sham. On the way home, I thought about these two men and their different approaches to being fired. Which is better, I wondered, to tell yourself soothing stories that may not chime with the facts, or to stare at the truth in all its harshness? For guidance, I turned to the Harvard Business Review website section called Best Practices, which offers straightforward, actionable advice. A blog post called Help, I'm an Underperformer states that the worst thing we can do is what the first man I spoke to did, blame other people and try to save face. Instead, we must acknowledge our failures and recognise what has gone wrong. We must never be defensive. We must ask ourselves and others if we have the right skills and capabilities. The response to this from readers on the site was ecstatic. Fantastic article. Great read. Thank you they gush. However, there's only one problem with all this great advice. It's wrong. It's based on a commonly held yet fantastical view of human nature, that we are willing or able to change, and that we're rational about ourselves. Both points are false, especially the second. The clue to the wrongness is in the title of the blog. The dispassionate euphemism underperformer is one that I've never heard anyone use to describe themselves. When it comes to our own poor work, we're constitutionally incapable of occupying a neutral middle ground. We either refuse to acknowledge it at all, or we wallow in it, preferring words like useless, failure, screw-up, hash, pig's ear and crap. And this is when things go really awry. Thinking you are crap always makes you much more so. It isn't the first step to improving. It's the first step to being unable to get off the sofa all day. It is, therefore, infinitely better to tell yourself a pack of self-serving half-truths. Face-saving stories, or narratives, as we now must call them, are absolutely vital to survival. 
A demonstration of the superiority of self-serving narratives comes from two writers I know. A couple of years ago, they each published their first book and each received a couple of stinging reviews. Writer A's book was judged to be overly long, saggy and generally unconvincing. She read this and concluded that her book was indeed too long, saggy and unconvincing and felt pretty crushed as a result. Writer B's book was judged even more harshly. But rather than show any sign of upset, he declared that the reviewer was jealous because his own book had sold badly. Which author do you think lived happily ever after? Writer B is thriving, blithely considering his book to have been a thwacking great success and has already finished his second. Writer A is badly stuck on her next book, fearing with every word that it's going to be even saggier than the previous one. Applying this lesson to the men at the party, I expect that the first man, who blamed his failure on the jealousy of others, will find another job very soon. I fear my honest journalist friend may have to wait rather longer. The only consolation is those who insist on the painful truth are nicer people than ones who hold up a flattering mirror to themselves. This may be true, but they aren't necessarily nicer to have around. When a friend tells you that they're merely average or that their book sags, you have little choice but to hold out the distorting mirror yourself and insist that actually they are outstanding and that their book skips along like nobody's business. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.